Welcome to the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast. I'm in super fangirl mode because I am talking to the one, the only, Abby Langer of Langer Nutrition. And let me let me give you the lowdown. So I'm happy that you have been a dietitian since 1999. So that means that you and I might be close to the same age. Uh, educated at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia at, and Loyola University in Chicago. Abby has worked extensively both in clinical nutrition and nutrition media and consulting. She has won awards. So she's an award-winning teacher and has served for three years on her regular regulatory college council. Abby is passionate about all aspects of nutrition from physiology to teaching to cooking. Her approach to nutrition is permissive and relaxed and she is a true believer in living your best life without dieting. Can I get a round of applause for that? Can I just, can we just get a hell yeah for that? Abby's counseling and writings focus on body respect, intuitive style eating. She has written in depth about different debunking fad diets and nutrition myths. Abby works as a spokesperson with brands that are aligned with her nutrition philosophy. Her broad skill set includes recipe and content development, food photography and styling, public speaking and assisting the industry clients behind the scenes with campaign strategy. She's also killing it on the Instagrams and her blog averages a hundred thousand unique users per month and is read in over a hundred countries. And I love Abby. She's a Canadian like me. She loves running. I love that and spinning and trying new foods and spending time with her family. And she has an undying love. And I know why I love you because people who don't like coconut, I am suspicious about. She loves coconut. She and loves avocados and she loves Nainamo bars. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast. Like I said before, I am a huge, huge, huge fan because you call things as you see them. And as a person who has had a lot of dietitians in my life and suffering with uh, disordered eating and eating disorders, I honestly like your approach to everything because to be quite honest, when I was suffering with an eating disorder, dietitians just made me better at it. Really? Yeah, because they would put me on a diet. Wow. Uh, what? Yeah. What? They would put me on a diet. So um, they would force me to eat certain things. Like they would oh. put me on a diet. Like a weight loss diet or? A diet to regulate my eating. So they would tell you to like weigh and measure. Yeah, you know, and in some eating disorder, in eating disorder treatment, I think that's the way it's done. However, if it didn't work for you, it shouldn't have been done. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I had, <laughs> I was a overweight kid. Um, yeah. I had a dad who was just brutal about it. So I went to a dietitian and they actually put me on a diet. So I would have been about 10. Oh so. my God. That's yeah. Awful. I went to wait. I went to Weight Watchers at eight. No, I oh did. My God. I did. No. And so then I got a dietitian, went on a diet and that's what made me good about dieting because I really, wow. I can, I can focus really well on things. I can focus on tasks, really things really well. That's how I got through university. That's how I got through, you know, doing my education because I'm really good at focusing. So when that became hyper, my hyper focus, I was really good at it. And I went down a, a whole spiral and the whole right. thing was we were dietitians were very much involved in diet culture at the time. Like yeah. this anti-diet dietitian culture is brand spanking new to me you're one of like three friends or we're not friends yet we we know each other but you're one of the few people that I have met 
in the last five years that is championing this idea that it's okay to eat all kinds of foods. Right. And that yeah. we're not demonizing foods. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, as someone who's grown up, who grew up in the 80s, I mean, yeah, um, and has went through the 90s, the skinny, like thin tastes better and you yes. know, slim fast and friggin' Nutribar and Nutrisystem and all, Cosmopolitan magazine with the, like, I just can't, like, it's just, it became so toxic and harmful um, that, yeah, as a dietitian now, I can't help perpetuate that. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I see though that history is we haven't yet learned from yeah. history because I now know that Octavia, that disgusting <gasps> piece of shit, fucking MLM, gross dumpster fire, yes, has a kids program now. I can't. Oh, I know. Oh. I know. It's for kids 13 to 18. What? And I am going to say something about it because like on my feed at some point, because it is horrendous. I've seen the program. Um, it's disgusting. It's like restrictive. You can have like one, two and a half inch cookie three times a week and blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. It's bad. So they're teaching it's, people how to how diet. To- how to diet how to diet how to establish a disorder yeah but they're teaching 13 year olds okay i have two daughters one's 12 almost Mm. 13 and one's 15 Mm. i would you know what like i understand the struggle of kids bodies and and how to talk to your kids around food and what what you know sometimes they you know only want foods that are ultra processed and all of that but to put your kid on a diet just perpetuates what we went through yeah all of those years ago and yeah. doesn't teach anybody to have a healthy relationship relationship with food it's not making anyone any healthier no. you're just you're just delaying the fucked up yeah the, you know relationship with food that they're going to have eventually and then right. yeah it's terrible and Weight Watchers did something very similar. Yeah. First of all, they went to WW because they had of such a backlash. I guess have a funny story about Weight Watchers, but WW is such a backlash around yeah. that. And then they started the same kind of thing. Kerbo. Yeah, right before yeah. the pandemic or a couple, maybe a year before the pandemic, yeah. they were doing all of that. And I was speaking out about it. I did a show, um, a cable show with a, a man named Dr. Nandy. He has a table. Okay. Every once in a while, I, I get people like coming up to me going, oh, I saw you on the Dr. Nandy show. It's filmed in Detroit. I live in Essex County, which is like literally 20 minutes from the border. And I went to talk about yoga, like yoga and fitness and moving. And I really always want to make sure people see me in my plus size body moving because I am not moving to change my body. I'm right. moving to feel better in my body, right? I, I Movement is medicine. It feels good. It makes me happy and all that stuff. So I'm doing that out of sheer happiness and joy. So that was, I go to this, this taping and everybody in the green room is like, a um a protege of Weight Watchers. So all these people in the green in the green room have lost 50, 70, 80 pounds. I'm the biggest person in the green room. There's another woman that there's that is there that has just started her weight loss journey. And then the regional manager or whoever of Weight Watchers is there to talk on this segment. Oh my so god. I didn't realize going into this, this is what this was about. I thought I was just coming to talk about joyful, mindful movement. So that's what I came to talk about. And I thought, perfect. 
awesome. So I'm in the green room. They've got everything set out. They've got carrots and, you know, apples and grapes and all that stuff. And on the other side, they've got peanut butter cups and pretzels and all this other stuff. So I'm eating the stuff that nobody's eating, right? Because they're all part of the Weight Watchers thing. And this is going to be so many points. And this is going to be that. Uh, And I don't care. And I'm eating all this stuff and everybody's looking at me sideways. and And I really don't care. So I get on the Dr. Nandy show and I talk about how I'm not part of the diet culture phenomenon. And in the green room, my kids are, and they're watching this direct, uh, This I'm not going to say her name, but they're watching this regional director watching me talk about this thing. And they're like, she's like, who is this person? Why is she talking, right? She's really interested in what I'm saying. Then she comes on after I do my segment, pretty much parrots what I say, but then centers it back to dieting. No. Nope, that's Weight Watchers in a nutshell. Like, we're not a diet, we're a lifestyle, except we're a diet. Exactly. Like, noom. Like, that's the other thing that's out there that's pretending. Oh, my God. People are pretty wise to noom. Yeah, it's a diet. They're all diets. Listen, if you get a calorie budget or a points budget, if you have, you know, eat, don't eat these foods, eat these foods, sometimes eat these foods often lists. Like, if you have to weigh and measure anything, like, that is a diet. Yes. Don't delude yourself into thinking, well, it's psychology. That's not psychology. Like, Noom and Weight Watchers, whatever psychology they may use, especially Noom, is has been debunked actually by actual psychologists. Wow. And, you know, the people who coach you in these programs aren't qualified to coach you. Right. And that goes for all the MLMs like Beachbody, um, it works, Arbon, like all of those Octavia is like so they're all so awful. Yeah. But the only problem, the big problem is, is a huge money making industry. Yeah. Somewhere, in, somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty billion dollars yeah. a year is made on making people feel bad about themselves. Yeah. And what kills me is I joined the gym about six years ago. I used to teach at the gym. I, you know, I stopped going to the gym. I was doing my own thing out here. I had a couple of kids, running, walking, all that kind of stuff. And I decided to go back to the gym because I wanted. I like working out. I like being there. Yeah, I'm I'm in an atmosphere where it's very diverse. We have fitness instructors that are all ages, all body sizes, all ethnicity. So it's a space that I really love being in. And I'm the teacher who says to everybody, this is not an all or nothing practice. This is an all or something practice. And we are just here to have a good time. And if you need to take a break and if you need to tap out and get a sip of water, or if you need to take your knees to the floor, if you need to sit this round of exercise out, it doesn't matter, right? I love that. Right? Things are cumulative. Do yeah. until it feels good. When you get tired, take a break, have a sip yeah. of water. You want to tap out of something altogether. I will give you other alternatives. To That's think. how people maintain an exercise program. And it's the same with nutrition. It's not right. all or nothing. It's all or something or doing your best. Right. You know, it's not like follow this diet plan or you fail. Right. Start over whole 30. You have a piece of gum. You have to start over. Like it's so fucked up. Listen, I already have one mother. I don't need (laughs) a fucking diet plan to tell me what to do. Right. You know, I don't need that. And nobody needs that. You know, do your best with what you're given at the time. Yep. Right. Because our circumstances change. Our lives are not static, right? Some weeks, months, years are harder than others. You do your best. And when you can maybe do a little bit more, you do a little bit more. When you have to spend the day in bed, you spend the day in bed and fuck that. And you know what? 
it's taken me 50 years. I know. To figure this out. I know. And I'm so mad about all the time. It's oh, don't be mad about it because where you are now, you know, you had to go through all of that there. Right. But I used to be like, I got to work out X times a week. And if I don't work out an hour, it doesn't count. And like, now I'm like, Oh fuck. You know what? I feel like tired. Yeah. I'm out. I'm going to work out today. Yeah. Don't work out four times a week or whatever. Nothing bad is going to happen. No kidding. It's actually probably going to be good because you're probably actually working out. Yeah, you come Imagine back and you're tired. so much stronger. It's true. When you take a couple, a full couple days off. I love it. Yeah, Every once in a while, I'll take a whole week. I'll take a whole right? week. A whole week off. And it's awesome. And then it's the same with eating. Like I yeah. used to be like, God, I eat so much. Now, you know, I have to work out to burn oh, it. Yeah. And this is like a long time ago. Right. And I just would feel like shit and, and guilty and whatever. And now I know at age yeah. 50 that yeah. I'm like, you know what? I overate today. Yeah. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. I'm just yeah. going to go back and eat the way I usually do yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And I, nothing's going to happen. Gonna happen. Health, and uh, I'll feel fine. Like yeah. if I, if you know, if I just feel like, oh, I really overdid it. Okay. I'm just going to go back to my regular life and, yeah. you know, and, and, and everything's going to be fine. I keep yeah. trying to tell people, you know, our bodies work out, our bodies, uh, you know, process things over time, yeah. over a week. Yeah. Nothing happens in a day. No, no, it's not a day to day, hour to hour, meal to meal thing. It's like it's over time. And yeah. you know, if you overeat, your body, your metabolism, your, your metabolic rate like goes up to like, but it's not like no one's going to gain fat in like a day. I know. Deal anyhow. Like, so you gain a pound, like big, big deal deal like but the way a pound becomes five pounds become 10 pounds is when you're just like feeling so shit about yourself that you're like back and forth back and forth oh I want that cookie but I can't have it I'll have a little bit okay I just ate the whole bag you know like and it's like just have it and get past it right yeah 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 just have it that's the thing that that blows my mind when I was deep in my um, eating disorder and I was denying myself things that I actually wanted I would eat everything around it yeah and then eventually eat it. you end up eating more and you also even outside of all of the the volume of food it just you feel so bad about yourself constantly and it's like a constant like obsession with what am I gonna eat for dinner well I can't have it's like a mathematical you fucking have to go do like advanced fucking calculus calculus in a restaurant I know you know this chicken breast plus the Uh, meat what no just eat I noticed like now that I I just eat whatever I want me too and and I noticed that like when I used to go to a restaurant and I'm getting like totally off base no this is the conversation this is how this goes (laughs) but oh okay I used to to go to a restaurant and I'd be like well I shouldn't have the burger and then I would like order the burger and I'd feel bad but even before I started eating it and then I would eat the whole thing and the fries and everything Mm -hmm. and then I'd have dessert because I would just be like well I've blown it now I go I have the I'm like I feel like I have I want I want a burger I just eat what I want I usually don't finish it because I know that I can always have the burger and I don't give a shit um I just eat and you know what I eat for how I want to feel so like maybe that day I want a burger maybe tomorrow I want a salad 
and it's okay. And like, yeah. I eat what I want and I leave the rest and it's fine. And yeah. I can have, and if I overeat and it's fine, like I'm, give myself permission to do all of that stuff. Now I'm not saying that everyone is the same. No, of course not. Like there are some people who can't legitimately can't stop. Right. right. There's yeah. some people who have right. like leptin um, in, uh, blah, 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 um, resistance and who feel always hungry, you right. know, but for most of us, this yeah. is like, you know, a lot of this stuff is psychological and it, it ends up being physical because because we have like this push pull in our brains and then it ends up affecting what we eat and how, then how we feel. Absolutely. And I, I'm tired of feeling guilty over the pleasure of food. Like yeah. I'm having a whole conversation with somebody on my Instagram over the carrots versus the chips, you know, and I'm like, have the carrots and have the chips. You yeah. know, there's a whole fan, there's a whole fan base for carrots already, right? Like if you're not yeah. part of the fan base for carrots, then you're just not. And it's okay not to eat them and not to want to have them. But we yeah. are so invested in, in diet culture and it starts really young. I remember growing up, my mother was constantly on a diet. Like oh, that awful. was always constantly on a diet. And the first thing that I did with my children as I was bringing them up was point out when we were being brainwashed or when we were, when a message was being pushed yeah. at us. And so they would be really little and we'd be at the grocery store and I'd have my kids are um, 15 and 17 soon to be 16 and 18, like really soon, which blows my mind that went really well. So I have them, you know, in the, in the cart at the grocery store and I would pull up to check stuff out and they would be looking at the magazines and I would say to them, what message are you seeing? I mean, they'd be young. Yeah. What message are you seeing? Because I wanted them to be media literate. I wanted yeah. them to understand when they were being sold a lie, yeah. when they were looking at something that wasn't real, because I didn't want them to buy into the bullshit. And that was something I, I grew up on 17 magazine, yeah, I grew up on, right? I had a subscription to 17 magazine and, I, and then I graduated from 17 magazine to, to cosmopolitan yeah. which always on the front page would have lose that last five pounds. I know it was awful jeans, right? And so I grew up on that stuff and I didn't know that I was being brainwashed or sold a lie. Yeah. So I would really wanted my kids to be able to be media savvy, to look at these images, break them down and figure out how does this make me feel? What's the buy-in? How do I not buy in? What's right. wrong with this messaging? Because I want them to be able to be critical of the stuff instead of getting, getting sucked in. Yeah. And I do the same thing with my, my kids. It's, it's really important because it's everywhere, right? Constantly. I'm always trying to wedge myself between them and diet culture, yeah. but it is so insidious. It shows up yeah. in oh, kinds of yeah. different ways. And I always have to say to them, okay, this is marketing. Okay. Yeah. This is a lie. But they know already. They do. They're they very, totally know. This generation is very smart. You got Gen, Gen Z in our, in our lives and it's, yeah. it's whole different ballgame oh, yeah. from our Gen Xers, right? We're yeah. Gen Xers. You said you're 50, I'm 52. So we're in that same, we grew up at the same time. Yeah. I grew up in Burlington, Ontario, just outside <laughs> of Toronto. So yeah. I feel like we have a lot, you know, we may have even crossed paths at one point. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But also, how did you get involved in being a dietitian? Like, what was it about that that spoke to you? And then what took you down the anti-diet train? So um, I wanted to be a commercial pilot, but someone told me that you need to have perfect vision and oh, be good oh. in physics. 
And oh. so I'm neither of those things. And, <laughs> um, so I, you know what, I, my father is a orthopedic surgeon. My mom's account, um, a social worker, mm-hmm. a family individual and couple therapist. Um, and so I grew up sort of in a medical household. I've always been fascinated with the human body. Um, and I also grew up in a household that was, my dad would like go to the market, St. Lawrence market and get like tons of cheeses and food. Like I was exposed to all different kinds of food at a very young age. Um, I hate the word foodie. That's the kind of, you know, my yeah. friend in high school opened the fridge and there was like an octopus in there and my, she freaked out. She still talks about it. So, <laughs> but it all came together if, um, in, in, um, in a desire to be a dietitian. Like I didn't know dietitians existed until, I was in university and doing oh, okay. my degree at Dalhousie. And then um, I decided, you know, to go to Loyola and do a post-bac um, for nutrition, which is what I did. And yeah, I just went from there. That's amazing. And tell me how you got interested in your, like you were an incredible content creator. Thank I you. love that you don't, you don't mince any words and you're yeah. not afraid to call stuff out because people yeah, I get into trouble for that, but it's well, okay. It's okay. It's good trouble though, right? I have to have a defamation lawyer on staff. Like I'll yeah, I have a defamation lawyer like on retainer. Yeah. Have people come at you for that? Yeah. Wow. Yes. I, I, I love this for us. The that most fucked sense. up thing is the person, one of the like the person who came after me is Canadian. Really? Oh, shocking. I expect it from America because it's kind of a no. culture. We don't so much have that same Sioux culture here in Canada. No. Wow. Her feelings were really hurt. Yeah, Her she was sad. Well, that's too bad. Boo hoo. Yeah. I think if you're going to put yourself out there publicly, you have to be okay with, with criticism, right? You yeah. You have to ignore it. Yeah, you know, and I've just gotten really good at understanding what defamation is and like what I can say and what I can't. Yeah, which is great. And I love that you call that stuff out because I've never yeah. seen anybody, um, people kind of like tiptoe around it and, you know, I know. Call it, but you actually say this is gross. I wouldn't like that. There's no value in doing that. I know. Why and I have people this? like saying, well, why do you have to call out that person? You're a bully. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm using this person yeah. who's selling something that's so fucked up yeah. and hurting people right. as an example of what not, to, not do. to do. I can't, that my message would not be effective if <laughs> I didn't say, here's this person making egg white cinnamon rolls and telling Ew. you that they're high in protein and delicious. And you I- can eat the whole pan you can eat the whole pan like i'm not that's sort of like the the key piece of the puzzle it needs to be there yeah and it's you know what it's there's no shortage unfortunately of material for me to use every day and that's the sad thing we're not we're not learning anything and we're not understanding that this this is all fueled by money this is all fueled by power this is all fueled by um the patriarchy this is all yeah yeah things that are designed to keep certain populations at a disadvantage. It is so fucked up. Like I criticized this young girl, younger girl um, for this carrot salad thing. I put it on Twitter and I had all these fucking men who didn't have profile photos. Of course. Saying how wrinkly and ugly I was compared to her. And I'm like, 
go fuck yourself because I'm not here for your viewing pleasure. I'm 50 years old. She's like 20 something. And you know what? Women are allowed to age. And what does my appearance have to do with it anyways? But this is social media today, especially Twitter. I I said to my husband, I'm like deleting my account because some of them, they came at me with anti-Semitic stuff too. Oh yeah. The minute Elon Musk took it over. Yeah. It's oh my God. And my husband, you have so many followers. You shouldn't delete your account. And I'm just like, oh, you know what? I just can't do it. I, I can't, can't do it. Hate, I can't be in that hate space. It's I can't awful. Be in space that's not regulated. And as a black woman, I'm not showing up in that space to be like yeah. pummeled, um, pummeled, whatever to be pummeled. For and these people are so disgusting. They're just mm-hmm. they're like the, uh, it's always the person who has no profile photo, of course, because of they're course. a coward. Because yeah. they're a coward. And just like is the dumbest, yeah. like anti-vax, fucking yeah. Bitcoin, yeah. bro, yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah, Elon Musk. It's just like fuck you. So yeah. But yeah, it's face. it's it's a it's it's hard. I find that like Facebook is my my favorite because I get to interact with people. Yeah. I have a really great Facebook community at nice. um it's Abby Langer Nutrition. Like it's it's so fun. Everyone's great. Um sometimes and sometimes <laughs> they're rude and then I block sometimes them. People need um to be checked, right? Sometimes people need to be checked. They yeah, and but, but Instagram's good too. Like I find I that like for the most part, Instagram's good. TikTok, I'm just like a little I, too old for it. I don't get it really. I have to do it for work. I know. So I do it but I don't enjoy it I don't enjoy it at all I don't no. know how to do the dances and I don't know how I to don't want to you know what I don't can't. do the dance I find that people our age who do the dances look bad Pretty, I'm sorry right? I don't want to be ageist, but like it's awkward it, uh, yeah my kids would die of embarrassment oh yeah mine die. too, mine too. Yeah. my kids don't like me to put them on my Instagram they're like at, at all my no. son said to me at christmas can we not post any of these pictures yeah. please can these just be family pictures and i was like Ugh. but you're so cute in your santa hat. no you they're cute I mean? yeah i know it's i i respect that but i can't with social media and, and yeah. the fact that they can't come at you with a legitimate yeah. argument well that's or, social media yeah right? right or say to you okay i agree with what you're saying here but I don't understand this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, no, it's never like that. No, like, it's like, it's, you're it's, ugly, you're fat, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's so really- dumb. And then, like, um, it, and if you ask someone for sources, you know, because there's a lot of people making really bad nutrition claims, like, really false, idiots, it, it, like, they're, it's just, like, idiotic. Right. And you're like, what, where's the research to back that up? And they're like, well, go find it on PubMed. There's plenty of research. You can, you, I'm not going to do it for you. And I'm like, oh, you're course. the one make it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because there is none. Exactly. I've gotten into numerous tangles with Toronto based holistic nutritionists. I'm you, sure you I know. Have a problem. I, yeah, you don't need to say anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I have a big problem with this holistic nutritionist title like whenever I see people like that uh do that it's an online course for a lot of folks yeah I'm in the middle of writing something about it actually because I have a couple who are like a couple people who have a lot of grievances against it and it's a problem but I don't I'm trying to work out how to how to frame this whole thing so that I don't sound like sour grapes but it's a problem like a huge problem the curriculum is garbage it's crazy that that's crazy. something i don't understand and then people seem to um confuse a dietitian yeah. which is an actual degree everybody 
at an accredited university and a regulated health profession. So I have like a college that watches what I do, right? Exactly. Versus like, I'm going to take this holistic nutrition course and then I'm going to put everybody on this uh, elimination diet. And then I'm going to, you know, uh, tell you a hormone diet because your hormones are unbalanced. What? (laughs) What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. What does that even mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And I remember I had a colleague who was doing this and she was like, we're going to reset your metabolism. No. And I said to her, put your hands underneath your armpits. Do you feel how your armpits are warm? That's your metabolism working. It doesn't, it doesn't need a reset. Do you no, feel that? It's Do you not feel an your iPhone. warm armpits? Do you, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you feel, feel that? reset that's your metabolism that. working. But that's what like a lot. I mean, I can't paint all holistic nutritionists with the same brush. There are some who are amazing. Actually good. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and they don't go over their scope of practice. Like they practice within it and they're just great people overall. Um, but yes. some of them are just. And that goes for naturopaths and chiropractors. Like some of them are amazing. And then some of them, some dietitians are amazing. And some of them are, yeah, are not. Yes. Are dietitians who tell you they can balance your hormones and are selling you Dutch tests and, 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 and food sensitivity tests. There's, there's some in every profession. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not uh, that dietitians are exempt from that. Oh my gosh. No, it's, it's really sad. Mostly in the States, but yeah, but here, creeping in here too, those yeah. elimination. And the thing with an elimination diet, if you go to a, you know, a holistic practitioner and they put you on an elimination diet, if you've had an eating disorder or if you are prone, well, they should ask you eating, that's going to oh. send you down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Like that should be a question before anyone ever gets started with you is have you had for your nutritionist, do you have an eating disorder? You have a history of an eating disorder, right? Yeah. yeah. But, And I also had read, and a lot of those elimination diets, the things that they say you have a sensitivity to are things that you've eaten and you have a marker in your system for. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's, yeah, that's, there's a reason why no allergy and immunology society in the, in the developed world um, supports those tests being used for a diagnosis. Oh, right they all say these are bullshit they all have position papers i have a post on it on my website i there's all they all have position papers saying these are not to be used for diagnosis yet i think it yet i think it's a money maker though oh it's they charge like a thousand dollars for it eight hundred dollars i go to like Gamma Dynacare, wherever I get my blood drawn every year for my physical, and they're selling them. Yeah. They sell them like legit. And people are like, well, if Gamma Dynacare is selling it, then it must be legitimate, but it's not. It's not. It's not. And then getting charged for, we're here in Canada. So getting charged for um, tests that are covered by OHIP. What? Getting charged for tests that are covered by OHIP. Who charges for tests that are covered by OHIP? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Practitioners? No, you, know. Char- we. you know, you know. OHIP is the Ontario Health Insurance Plan. So like yes. in Canada, do you have a lot of American listeners? I have a ton of American listeners. Okay, so. The majority of our listeners are Americans. Okay, yeah, same with yeah. my audience. So like, oh. you know, in Canada, we have health insurance. It's called OHIP in Ontario. Yes, every single province has their own 
um, kind of OHIP, you know, in British Columbia, it's probably called British Health Insurance, British Columbia yeah. Health Insurance. Yeah. And so when you go to your doctor and they, they ask you to go get a blood test, they will give you a rec for a blood test. You will go to the, uh, the lab, they'll do the test and there'll be tests to test your hormones. Now I have, um, Graves disease. So I have to go every three yeah. months and have, uh, a test to test, you know, my, my hormones. And that is covered by OHIP. Or, you know, yeah. if I have to, I, I, my doctor's at women's college hospital. So often I'll just go to Toronto and have it done there. And so those are things that are covered by OHIP, but there will be practitioners who will do those same blood tests, but charge you out of pocket for it. That's so, right? oh my God. I didn't even That's know. Happening. That's happening. Oh boy. Oh That's boy. Happening. That's happening. So when you are seeking out a dietitian or a, or a holistic nutrition, what should you be looking for? Like if you're thinking to myself, my energy is low, I'm feeling tired, I'm not recovering um, from my workouts, like who are you looking for and who do you want to talk to if you're looking to just improve your nutritional profile? Um, someone who uh, doesn't sell their own supplements red flag one one, one. Um, yeah, someone who right someone yeah. who listens to you yeah someone who doesn't put you on a ton of supplements or like has this one track mind to which diet you need to be on yeah. that, someone who's open-minded about different sorts of um eating patterns if yes. you will yes um someone who has an evidence-based degree Yes. Um, and who belongs to a regulatory body. Yes. I mean, holistic nutritionists don't qualify in those areas, but, um, but I mean, if you want a holistic nutritionist, that's fine, but just make sure they're not trying to sell you fistfuls of supplements Mm -hmm. and, you know, Anytime you see something like hormone balancing, reset, um, cleanse, detox, yeah, um, all of that are those things are red flags, one hundred percent red flags. And those are that's dietitian talk. One of my favorite posts that you did on your Instagram is when there was some Beachbody diet person talking about how white rice was sugar. Oh my god, that's the same. Listen, she just blocked me. She gives you so much content. She gives you so much content. You never want to give that to you. It's okay. I have, I'll go on my dog's account and get it. I check it out. Sammy. Sammy has an account too. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, it's so disgusting. Hello, white rice is the staple for what? Like 80% of the world? You said that. Yes, including my culture. Yeah. All Asian culture. So she sits in her fucking. Can I swear on this podcast? Because I've been like, uh, I know. I love the sailor. She sits in her fucking Beverly Hills mansion Mm. and talks about how how horrible white rice is. It's a filler food. You know what? That's so culturally blind. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like. And and there's actually nothing wrong with white rice. And have you seen the price of groceries? Like yeah. maybe you just don't give a shit. But like well, she lives in Beverly Hills, so a price of groceries is not an issue for he her. He doesn't give a shit. But like it's white rice is a inexpensive mm-hmm. carb mm-hmm. that has nutrition in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired. 
tired of people just like shitting all over these foods that are not only nutritious and can be 100% can be part of an affordable health diet, but also that are someone's cultural foods. Yes. What are you like? You're telling like, you know, someone who grew up with white rice as their cultural food that now it's like horrible for them and that they shouldn't be eating it. Oh, they should be eating quinoa or brown rice. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. That's well, so unfair. And I find as a black person with um, Caribbean roots and even African folks, we are always told that our diets are not good. Yeah. Cause they're Everybody, so full of starches. Right. And we're, and yeah, we're it's too, delicious. It's still, who doesn't love plantain? Plantain. Right. <laughs> who doesn't like plantain? Oh, they're I'm just like, why is it always we, everybody needs to be eating yeah. a Mediterranean diet. Why is yeah. it always diets that are like the top nutritional diets or the best diets that people need to be on are always from the dominant culture, right? right? They're never like any, they're never any place on the continent. They're never any place in Asia. This is the best, this is the best food that everybody needs to be eating. And that is so culturally inept. That is so, it, that is so, that is so narrow minded. Like how is it that we get to determine that whatever the, the dominant culture food is, is best for everyone, right? Like that, that, that hurts my heart a lot. And I watch like cultural food has more new has nutrition. It's part of our culture. It's how we grew up. It's how we socialize with that, each other. It's how we celebrate. things. Yeah. But these people think food is fuel period. Yeah. Food isn't for telling stories or showing love or, or bringing a community together to those people. To me, it is. Yeah. To me you know, too. when I worked at, um, I worked in family practice for 10 years and a lot of my patients were from Tibet. Okay, And so I wasn't like, they would come in and they'd be like, you know, they have a, uh, that culture has a lot of diabetes. Okay. But you work around the white rice and the momo, right? You right. don't like tell them to Demonize eat it. rice or give it up. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, yeah. that's so, it is culturally inept. And, you know, and people can have a very healthy diet with these yeah these foods and they just need to add other foods. Exactly. It's, right? And I think you've said that it's not mm-hmm. taking away. It's adding be in. a pencil, not an eraser. Like that, yes, that's, something I, that's something that I have gotten from you and I've applied it to movement as well. Yeah. Right. Like if there's certain things you like and maybe your shoulder doesn't like it or your knees doesn't like it, but you love doing it. Maybe you back off of it a little bit and add other things in yeah. that that strengthen the the, the muscles uh, and the joints around whatever the injury is. But I love the idea of adding things in as opposed to subtracting things out. We are so very narrow in our perspective yeah. of what food is. For my culture, food is celebration. Food is love. Food is joy. And it's those awesome. things are also nourishing. And it's okay. Yes. We're so used to being told that it's not okay to be hungry. It's not okay to satisfy that hunger. It's not okay to think of food as anything as fuel, but fuel. It's not okay to enjoy what you eat. That's sinful. It's all white Christian culture. Yes. And, and, you know, like the, the withholding of food and, and the like repentance or punishment that it has deep roots in nutrient in um, religion. Yes. Right. Puritanical. Religion. 
Yeah. And my religion <laughs> loves food. Like, God forbid you should have don't have enough food. Like when you have a dinner at a Jewish right. house, it's like that's the worst thing possible. Like that what you did you do wrong? How is there not enough to eat? If there's not enough to eat, that's a problem. Yeah. But like and I want everyone to feel that way. Yeah. Because we're it's just there's so many people who are who are living their lives feeling like they can't enjoy something that it's their your right to enjoy your food. It's it's your right to eat what you love. And that's how you live your best life. Like it's true. You know, I remember when I was raising my boys and they were really little and diet culture used to creep into my brain and say things like when my son was upset and crying and um, I couldn't console him, I would distract him with food. I would be like, come sit on mommy's lap. Let's have a cookie together. And we sit and have a cookie together. And I do remember when my family was steeped in diet culture, my somebody in my family said to me, you are teaching your child to cope with food. Mm-hmm. by using food. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. If that's what makes you feel better, then so be it. There's so many things coming at us constantly. That is, that is, determines how we feel about ourselves, determines on how we look out at the world. Like if a cookie is going to make him happy, then I'm going to give him the cookie. Yeah. I always say to people, you're going to eat emotionally and for comfort sometimes, and that's fine. If it's your only tool in your toolbox and your coping toolbox, that's a problem. Yes. But I'm assuming that you taught your son other ways of coping with unhappiness, right? And so, yeah, I mean, and we, and so that's, it's fine. I, I think again, like we've been conditioned to think emotional eating is so awful and we shouldn't do it, but like, hello like when was the last time you said no to cake because you know it was someone's birthday and you were happy and you just had a like it's and you're celebrating their life with a piece of cake it's it's you eat emotionally when you're happy you eat emotionally when you're sad or you're anxious and you know it's like that's fine just as long as you don't do it in response to every single emotion yeah we we need to learn how to process our emotions in a myriad of ways and of course something that makes you feel good is one way or maybe going outside for a walk and taking in nature is another way yes maybe calling a friend and and having a conversation is another way maybe taking a nap is another way like there's there's lots of different ways to do things and i want to get to a point in the world where we're okay to eat whatever it is that we love right yes and that there's no guilt associated to that because there's enough guilt to being in the world as it is, right? Like I feel guilty for numerous things all the time and I would love to stop feeling guilty for things all the time. Like I'm like, Ooh, I'm driving my car when I should be walking. I should be feeling about that, but you know, I'm running late as always. So yeah, and that's okay. It's okay. You like giving yourself grace. Um, and, it really, you know, being permissive with yourself, I think mm-hmm. is underrated. Yeah. Yes. I think empathy you know? towards ourselves is underrated. Yeah. But it's know. totally underrated. I think yeah. people don't understand yeah. that they, they can have empathy towards themselves. They can treat themselves well. And that yeah. is actually the epitome of self-care. Exactly. Right. 
Exactly. And it doesn't have to cost anything. No. Like we are in this, this, you know, capitalist perspective around self-care that you have to go get a manicure, which I love getting done, yeah. or you have to go get a facial or, or, you know, I, I put up a post last time I had my hair done. I'm like, if you're feeling bad, go get your hair done. If that's in your wheelhouse, absolutely. For sure. I always feel better when I go and my stylist makes me look cute. That always rate, that always like I always flip my hair. I always take a, a car selfie because the lighting in your car is always beautiful. Always oh, good. Right. I'll take a lane. But and that's OK. But it's also OK to take a nap. And it's also OK to go stand outside, take a couple of deep breaths of fresh air. Yeah. It's also OK to do anything else that doesn't cost you any money to make yourself feel better. Maybe that's soaking in a bathtub. Maybe that's taking a warm shower. Like these are all things that are well within your wheelhouse around self-care. And it doesn't have to be something that you have to pay for or that you have to leave right. your house to get. It could also be like, unfortunately, I have bills to pay today. That's going to be my self-care thing because yes. it's going to create anxiety for me if I don't sit down and exactly. do it. Like yeah. I need to just sit down and do it. Yes. So, that, you know, we need to get to a place for that. But I do love the way that you pull apart these messages and that you're raw and that you're real and you drop the F-bomb and you call people together, in, out, up, whatever the language is we're using. And I think it's important to have people like you speaking the truth and not people kind of like tiptoeing around what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. We've had too much of that. And yeah, I just, I couldn't stand by and watch it anymore. So that's when I created my my business or my brand is I knew I had something to say. No one else was saying it that way. And so Nobody. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them the real story. In and that's how you got involved yeah. in social media by just yeah. seeing what was going on and said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the counter to this narrative. Yeah. Because I would say things in my head. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? No one else is doing this. Like I should really be showing people the way it is and and speaking to them in a way that's like a conversation with yes. their friend versus yes. like you know a, a dietitian coming I am coming place from a place of authority in that space I guess but yeah. like I want to make nutrition accessible to everybody and I want even more importantly I want to make the truth about how our bodies work accessible to everyone. And that means breaking down these concepts and giving people just the straight story in easy language, you know, that everybody understands. Yes. Yep. You know, and to be debunking what we are flooded, what is flooded into yeah. our, our it's street. awful. Because we keep getting more of that, yeah. right? Like, and I often tell folks, if you're getting a lot of that diet culture stuff, they'll give you, you can hit those three dots and yeah. you can report it as spam. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. All the time. I do it because all the time. Because none of it is true or based in science, right? We're about, I, I hope we get to a place in the world where science becomes a cool thing again, and that we, not not pseudoscience, but actually yeah. peer-reviewed yeah. Oh, yeah. We're making it cool again. And even if we aren't, I don't give a shit. I'm doing it anyways, because that's the only thing that really matters is that what I'm, the information that I'm giving to people is uh, credible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's science backed is peer review backed yeah. is all of those things. That's important. It, it is important. I think we've gotten away from that. I think there's a lot of, you yeah. know, I, I actually hate it when people get in my feed and I go, okay, that's great. Um, where can I, like you said, where, I, where can I find the research on this? And people will say things like, well, just because there's not a research paper on it doesn't mean it's not oh, true. And God. I go, then it's anecdotal. 
Okay? Yeah. It's not, it's not based. I don't give anything. a shit how many anecdotes you have, how many <laughs> testimonials you have. It doesn't equal science. Research. Like, it just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And it, the fucked up thing is that people out there take the opinion of anybody as fact and, yes. it, and, and use those opinions to, um, to guide their healthcare. Yeah, the guide, you know, the, whatever, like their nutrition. And I had um, Jen Gunter and Amanda Thebe on my podcast. Another two Canadians. I love yeah. Jen Gunter. She's like you. She knows how to read a bitch. No, I know. You, but she was, she said something really amazing. She was like, it's so fucked up. Like, would you want a Maverick pilot flying your plane? No. Would you want a maverick surgeon doing your surgery? No. So why are we relying on these maverick people? Paul Saladino, um, James D. Nicolantino, like all of these fucking Bobby Parrish and Flave City idiot. Like, seriously, why are we relying on those people for our information yep. and trusting our health to them? Yeah. Because it shouldn't be. No. Right. No, not at all. And I don't understand why, like, why we think that's okay, or why we yeah. want somebody who is outside the establishment. I no know. offense to anybody. I want somebody who knows how the establishment works that works within it to work for me. Like, I'm not trying to go, I'm not trying to have somebody who's a, who's a bus driver and great at being a bus driver, you know, do my feelings. I'm not, I know. I I'm, know. Not, I'm sure you're distrust. good at it, but no. There's a real distrust um, for conventional medicine I, now. I and it's just so frustrating because it's got like, I'm happy to entertain a healthy amount of skepticism, but sure. going all the way to the other end of the spectrum and being some tinfoil hat fucking person who doesn't want to do the their due diligence in like figuring out why why they feel this way and what's actually going on it's just unacceptable yeah 100 you know and then and then barfing their shit everywhere on social media so that everybody else gets confused oh maybe yeah. the covid vaccine really does oh my that. god stop no, it with that. stop yeah stop yeah. It's it's true. I just don't know. Somewhere in the education system, something has broken down where critical yeah. thinking has fallen off the wayside. It's non-existent. It's and the amount of mental gymnastics people will do to believe an yeah. outlandish oh idea my God. with no proof, even though it's been debunked <laughs> and been but debunked. It, I know. And they still will do the gymnastics to make it make sense for them. I know. I, and I, yeah. I don't understand how we got here. I got I got in a fight with someone on Instagram the other day. I love because this she was <laughs> she was promoting. Oh, I have it too. I took screenshots. She ended up. I think she ended up blocking me. Of course she did. Yeah, that's um, good. But she was like, she basically, I she was promoting something that was, and she has absolutely no education whatsoever, like none. Right. And yeah, great. And then, oh. and then I was like, you know, this isn't true, whatever. And she was like, well, dietitians are, are, are funded by big food and you know, you not educated, you're not educated. And I'm like, I've been a dietitian for 23 years. Exactly. And you, Have you seen my who's mind? calling who uneducated? <laughs> exactly. Like she, but my point is yeah. that she believed so strongly, strongly. Yeah. that she was more educated than me 
in her absolute, you know, nothingness on her resume. Google searches. Yeah. (laughs) And she believed so much in her own shit. It was like Dunning-Kruger had come to life and smacked me across the face. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And and then she's like telling, oh, she was telling people, she was giving advice to, to people who have diabetes. No. Telling them that diabetes is caused by fat, not allowing the sugar to go into the cells and that they should be drinking juice. Are you okay. serious? I was like, you're going to hurt someone. You're actually yeah. going to hurt someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people were in her feed and they were like, you're going to hurt someone or whatever. And she's like, well, you know, you do you and I'll do me. No, no, no. You're no. not just doing you. You're disseminating information. See everybody. Patently false that yeah. people will believe because of whatever reasons they're fangirling. You're attracted. I put her up on you my stories, ex- actually. That's how she found me because I put uh-huh. her up. People send me all kinds of stuff every I'm day. I'm sure. I'm uh, yeah. sure. And it's like terrible. And someone sent me her stuff. I put it up on my stories and I'm like, this shit is dangerous. And yeah. then she was like, you should have come to me and, you know, and had a conversation. I don't Meanwhile, have to do that. No. no. You made this public. You, you made this out- public and yeah. you are like, I just, I mean, it makes me, I was so mad. I actually lost sleep. Sometimes oh, I, no. I, I, I shake with rage, wow. I, especially when people are taking advantage of others and yes. are posting things that are potentially dangerous yes. and she has no clue. And she's like talking to diabetics. Like she knows what she's talking about and so mess up. Yeah. So no. that, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do something about her too. I can't wait. Like, I just love that you go to bat. You, I just can't help it. You are taking. Oh, she gets it bad too. She gets trolls like on on Twitter. Terrible. Terrible. I'm part of the Menopause Society. I've been an OG. I've written. You know. Oh, she's amazing. Her book, The Menopause Manifesto, is so good. She's next level. I love her. I love her too. And I I put that on her her Instagram. I go, damn. She just let somebody have it. I'm like, damn, girl. You know how to read a bitch. She does. Like, be blocked and be blessed. Like, yeah. I don't have time. No, no, she fucking, she does respond. And also Amanda Thebe is amazing. Oh, I got to check her out. Yeah, Yeah. she's incredible. She's a trainer. She's a menopause advocate. She wrote um, Menopocalypse, which was like, had me in stitches. Um, Yeah, she's fantastic. Those two women are like my menopause (laughs) angels, Amanda Thebe and Jen Gunter. I love them so much they're such fantastic women their brands their social media their we'll work. link to all of that and i'm going to reach out to them yeah. and have a conversation Let's yeah i'm going to do that i've been following uh, dr jen gunter for a long time yeah a uh, long before menopause and now that i'm steeped entrenched in it oh. so well i bought her book and i was like oh 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 because yeah. everybody's out there telling you you need a hormone replacement no like, no no do yeah it. Do I though? Do I actually though? So yeah, I just, I love that. And as we wrap up on our hour, that was the quickest hour of our lives here. Tell me what three pieces of advice do you have for someone who's seeking? Okay. First I'll ask you this. Okay. What does intentional well-being mean to you? Intentional well-being. <sighs> intentional well-being means living for how you want to feel and eating with intention, knowing that the food that you're putting in your body is going to make you feel a certain way. Um, it means educating yourself, 
um, with the proper sources to live in a healthy way. Um, and it means grabbing life by the balls and giving it a swing. Because we only go around once, people. As far as we know, right? My mother always says that. As far as we know, we only go around once. Nobody's come back to tell us otherwise, my mother always says. And yeah, I love that. And what do you do? What are three things you do for intentional well-being for you, for Abby out there? Because you've got a lot of stuff coming at you. Yeah, I do. I do. How do you de-stress? How do you power down? Because I see the fire in you. Yeah, I see you Sagittarius. I see the fire. I see the fire in you. I mimic the fire in you. I embrace the fire in you. How how do you take care of yourself? Um, I take a bath almost every day. I yeah, that's important. And I like close the bathroom door and open the window that's right at the um, level of the bathtub like right I can look out the window and it's just like I can hear the wind in the trees and I close the light close the door it's amazing I travel a lot as much as my budget can um, allow who am I joking I don't have a budget Um, (laughs) but I'm too lazy but um, as long as as much as I can like financially I travel on my own okay that's because I I make sure to take one or two trips um, a year I, I take a lot of trips with my kids and stuff and for work, but by myself. Yeah. Um, and I I eat a lot of fucking vegetables. <laughs> and some more. What's your favorite vegetable? What's your favorite? I really vegetable? love broccoli and I love arugula. Oh. Arugula. My husband's like, that's like fart salad. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love it. No, it's not. But um, it's okay. It's okay if you fart yeah. a lot because it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Farts are funny. Farts they are, are funny. They're funny. But um, but yeah, those are the three things I do. And I and I like to reconnect with my friends. And mm. there's a lot of stuff. But you know, it's funny because I I was having a conversation on another podcast with someone and he, he was like, you must get so upset, like following all these people who give out these inf- this information. I said, you know what? I don't follow them. Uh, that's how I take care of my mental health. I actually yeah. don't follow any of these people. Yeah. I get people sending, sending me anyways. Yeah. And for my own mental health, because I know it's stress, it's really stresses me out to see. I can see that. People. Yeah. So um, I just don't. And that's another thing that I do for myself. I really clean up my social media. I don't give a shit. Like if I'm friends with someone yeah. and, or if they're another dietitian, if their information that their, or their content is making me feel like shit in any way, if they're making me feel angry or shitty, I, I, bl- I either well, unfollow them or I mute them. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. It's called preserving your peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's you important. have to. You have, you have to. to. That. There's too many things coming at us all at once that you could, there's no way that you could take all that in and remain grounded and sane. Right. I agree. Yeah. Right. You need to take care of that. It has been an absolute scream to talk to you. Yeah. I am grateful to have met you. I am thankful for your content. When you said yes to this podcast, I peed a little. It was just (laughs) so exciting. I, I go to your, I go to your page every single day to see. Oh, what Thank you're you. doing. Yeah. I'm on your Instagram stalking you on the regular because I just love the no holds bar. I just like the truth of it all. I just like the in your face. I like the swearing. I like, I like all of it. And it's time we need somebody out there speaking the truth in this way that 
is often to the point, but funny and still yeah. like entertaining, but gives you a moment to pause. So if you are not familiar with Abby Langer, check her out at abbylangernutrition.com. Go ahead and make sure you check her out. I'm going to link all this in the show notes. And I want to give you a big thank you for agreeing to be on the Intentional Wellbeing podcast. It's been an amazing experience. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, if you think somebody can get something out of this, please share it, like it, and hit us up on Apple iPods. Rate, like, subscribe, follow. And I'll see you all next time. And don't forget, be intentional with your well-being.